0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Living Beyond Sunday, a podcast where we talk about the day-to-day Christian life. My name is Jonathan Sams and I'm back here with Pastor Mike. Pastor Mike, last episode we talked about Christianity and the LGBTQ and what we should do and how we should we should think through that, especially as it is Pride Month. And so we mentioned something and that is companies that are promoting and supporting very openly with what they're selling and what they're advertising the LGBTQ agenda and so we ended last podcast talking about how Christians shouldn't war against culture, but Christians should be for Christ. But I do think there is a certain level of question there that comes of, should Christians engage culture or how should Christians engage culture? Specifically, should we should we boycott Target? Should we stop buying Bud Light? Like what, did what you does, say Bud Light on yeah, a podcast? Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> I mean, well, that's another podcast we'll, we'll get to eventually. But the point is, like, should these secular companies, Starbucks, that... Um, openly support and sell stuff in support of LGBTQ anti-Christian doctrine and belief, should Christians not support them, not buy from them? Are they allowed to? What's that look like?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Very relevant for for today. And as much as it would be great to be able to give a clear-cut, just black and white answer, I don't think there is one. I think you've got to follow your conscience and, um, you know, how you feel toward the matter very specifically, like what is your Christian conscience? Um, but that said, um, I don't want to leave it there. I do think there's some practical implications to, to think mm-hmm. through this that are helpful. And I think one is, you know, we do have to be mindful that at the end of the day, if you trace back um, almost any organization, it will be traced to something um, that is sinful or um, uh, against biblical principles, you know, whether it be you know child labor or um, you know w- whatever it is, there's there's ways to trace things back, um, and and you'll find almost at the root of most secular companies something that is not in line with, with scripture. And so I do think we've got to level the playing field and say, um, you know, that's that's the general nature. That said, I, I do recognize there is a very specific agenda that's being pressed through certain companies, uh, whether it be you know Bud Light, the, the Dodgers, obviously the Target, um, things like that 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 are up in the face of Um, you know, what we believe as Christians. And so I think there's a couple ways to navigate this. One is, yeah, you, you know, you have the freedom to boycott it. Um, you have the freedom to still shop there. Um, I do think it's uh, wise to be mindful of your interaction with it, in the sense that, uh, for example, uh, our Target didn't do this, but I know a lot of them are. There's just these massive displays, like in your face when you walk in. I wouldn't choose to take my kids uh, into that and and walk through that. Um, you can shop online. You can you know buy in other ways, do Target pickup, you know that whole bit. But um, putting your kids in front of that, um, what it does is it normalizes something that we would say uh, really is not normal according to the Bible. It's normal according to our culture. Um, but it's not normal for us as, as Christians, and so I don't want that to be normalized for my kids. Uh, also, my kids are, are so young, I don't want to navigate those conversations this early in their, in their life, and I don't want that being presented to them as something that is um, acceptable, because it's, it's not acceptable. Um, it's very cultural, but it's not acceptable from a, a Christian worldview, um, and so navigating that at such a young age is really hard, so I think there's ways to think through this and say, how do we do it? You can also speak out against it, right? You have the freedom to be able to use um, you know, social platforms in the right ways to say, hey, um, it's really saddening what is going on with Target or, or Bud Light or, or the Dodgers. And and I think being able to uh, allow your voice to be heard, I mean, part of the, the the beauty of the American fabric is freedom of speech. And so you do have the ability to be able to speak to that. I do think you got to be careful in it because what you can end up doing is just dropping bombs and being unhelpful. Um, and so navigating that is is really, really important. Like if you're gonna speak out against it, you need to do it in a way that's actually helpful. Uh, but I do think it's important for our voices to be heard, to say, hey, what, what Target's doing, what Bud Light's doing, these other organizations, um, you know, it, it's not something we agree with. And, and honestly, it's not something that we appreciate. And um, it's not just that area that we should speak against, anything that does this. And I think, you know, one of the areas we've got to grow in is looking beyond that. Like when we look at, uh, you know, child labor and, and things like that, uh, Stuff that's not uh, fair trade in a way that that um, is is detrimental to people or organization or civilization. Uh, we need to speak out against that as well. And so it needs to be something we'd be more aware of across the board.
0: Yeah. So what is the what are the helpful tips that you would give to someone that's like I don't want to be a culture warrior, so to speak. I want to proclaim the gospel, but I feel like I should speak out against X, Y, and Z. Anti Christian issue. What are helpful tips that you'd give to that person for For engaging?
1: Yeah, for one, I would say if the only time you speak is against these things, then what you're showing everybody is you are, you know, kind of a culture warrior. You're you're kind of boxing yourself in. So, you know, if you don't have an active presence on social media and that's not something you're engaging in, it does make it weird just to jump out and, you know, say, hey, by the way, I just want to make this known. Um, I I think there's a way to be able to navigate this to say, you know, my heart is heavy for our culture and, um, you know, the reality of where our world is today. And it highlights the need for, uh, for Christ. And and really, it's a call for the church. And so I think it's less of a, hey, I know I'm going to attack culture, but I want to call up the church to say, like, man, do you see the need for the advancement of the gospel? Like, the, the mission is great at this point because that the, the, what we're seeing through Target and all that stuff it's just evidence of a, of a lost and broken world that desperately needs the hope of the gospel.
0: Yeah. What it sounds like to me, and tell me if I'm wrong, you're coming from, I, I, I see two different positions on this from Christians. One position is, um, hey, I need to go attack culture. Like I need to be on the offensive against culture, meaning I need to go on social media against target. I need to be uh, putting down people who would say like, you don't need to boycott. That's one position. The second from what I'm is what I'm hearing from you. And it's more that we maybe we shouldn't be offensive against culture, but we should not let culture push us backwards. We, right. should, we should stand our ground
1: yeah and i mean and a lot of times when these conversations here's the hard part right when these conversations are had most of the time what it is is it's christian on christian you know jonathan you should boycott and you're like well i don't think i should boycott Th- those are just unhelpful conversations I-, I think what is a helpful speaking out is man my heart's heavy for the direction i see target going uh, man, this highlights the reality of the need for the gospel in our in our culture. You know, church would we would we step to the call, not to wage war on the culture or to go attack Target, but to be ambassadors of Christ, because that's ultimately what we need. Like the answer is not found in Target; you should stop. The answer is engaging with people at Target in the corporate marketplace, um, sharing the the hope of Christ. That that's where the hope is found, and ultimately that's where unity will be found.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And so, what what factors go into play with regards to how you would recommend someone think through whether or not they're going to boycott? Um, a company, a product for support of something that is antithetical to their beliefs. I think
1: Paul deals with this really well when he talks about your conscience. He basically says that if your conscience tells you it's wrong and you do it anyway, then it's basically the same as sin because there's a rebellion that's in there. And so if your conscience is telling you, man, I'm just really convinced and convicted that I don't need to do this, then I wouldn't do it. And I would say that's true for, for anything across the board. Um, because the, the heart of what we don't want to do is be rebellious people. And so if, if there is a, an eight conscious in you that says, man, I just don't feel comfortable doing this, or, or uh, man, I'm at a place where I can do this, uh, you know, then, then I think it's fine to step away from those kind of things. Um, and then again, how you deal with it. If you jump on you know, social media and you're just blasting Target, I'm never going there again, it, it's unhelpful, because that doesn't give you um, a lane to be able to share the gospel. What that does is create a, a, a trench where you're waging war against the culture.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. What about how we display the gospel, but also like you you mentioned when kids and family come into play, mainly kids, like how does that also change how we maybe if we were don't have kids or don't have young ones, how does that change your perception on this issue?
1: Yeah, if you have kids, like I said earlier, one of the things I, I want to be mindful of is I don't normalize something that the Bible shows is abnormal and antithetical to who God is and what he's uh, created for humanity. And so if if we're, you know, if we're walking through culture and we're not Either a having conversations when those things happen. If you got older kids, it's a great time. Like I would encourage you, if you have older kids um, that 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 have a, a framework and understanding, you've talked about you know sex and God's sex ethic in the Bible. Like this is a great discipleship moment to talk about the the depravity of the world and the design of God and all that kind of stuff. Um, with younger kids, what I don't want to do is just uh, put them in an environment where I'm parading them through things that makes them feel like, oh, this is just normal. You know, well, this is this is okay because it's just part of our our culture. No, it's it's not okay. It is part of our culture, but we we certainly don't agree with this kind of thing. And I don't want you to think this is normal because it's actually not. And and statistically, it's not even normal. Culturally, really. Right. When it comes down to the, the numbers of how many people actually participate in that yeah, actively.
0: Yeah, so you just made a point that I think is helpful. We don't want to normalize something that's antith- antithetical to the Bible. And so um, I think you've addressed the target stuff or any company. There's a conscience element. There's a wisdom element there. There's a there's a what what is your community saying about this, your Christian community? What's your church saying about this? But uh, once again, it's kind of different for every Christian in a lot of ways. But when it comes to the point of normalizing something that's antithetical to the Bible, I want to talk about a couple ways that potentially are that and how we should respond as Christians. And the first thing that just jumps out, especially as we're on this topic, are pronouns. Right. So when it comes to the, should we put pronouns in our email signatures, in our social media? Should we ascribe to that? What would you say to that? Is that loving to call someone by their pronouns if they're not a Christian? What, how should we approach that?
1: Yeah, I would say it's it's not loving, um, and it and what it is doing is it, one, it's not loving because it's not um, it's not in line with what you actually believe as a Christian. If you're a Christian that believes the Bible, um, secondly, you're you're perpetuating a cultural narrative that again is counter to God's design. And though we should expect that for culture, right? We we understand that the uh, there's a difference between dark and light, and that the culture is going to do something that's counter to who God is. Though we understand that to be true, we certainly don't want to. Perpetuate that. In other words, if I've got an alcoholic that's sitting with me, I'm not going to offer him a beer. You know, like that's just, that's not helpful for them because I don't want to perpetuate something that I'm like, man, that's not helpful and that's not healthy. So I think we need that view uh, across the board. So I don't think it's helpful or healthy to use. Pronouns, I think you can simply call the person by their name and um, kind of disregard those pronouns. Uh, pronouns, not in a way that is, um, you know, uh, um, disrespectful. Um, we, we're still called to pursue yeah, like, love and kindness.
0: Yeah, like there's a difference between approaching it and saying, no, you're not that I'm going to call you by what you biologically are and versus just not subscribing to it and just simply calling them by their name.
1: Yeah. Cause anybody can have a name, right? You it, can change your name right. you and you know, that that's all everybody. People do that. It holds, you, you, you it hold,
0: you're still gentle and kind through that. You can hold to your own convictions. You're not, you're not ascribing to their worldview on pronouns, but you're not actively creating some sort of tension over a, an issue that they probably don't believe in.
1: Right. Because what I don't want to do is get into a debate over their, their pronoun. What I do want to do is talk to them about Jesus and, right, and I good. want to show them the love of Jesus and so I want to just kind of jump over what could be a landmine in order to be able to actively love them uh, in a way that ultimately leads to uh, a conversation about Jesus, which again goes back to what we talked about last week is we, we do want this like relational equity that's important. And so. Um, I, I think being mindful of how do we build relational equity. Now, there's these one-offs where you know people are in situations, and I think those are great moments to say, "I'm not going to normalize something that, I I just don't believe is uh, in any way, shape, or form part of of God's design." Um, and that would be true across the board, right? I don't, I don't want to normalize drunkenness. I don't want to normalize adultery. I don't want to normalize. You know, I, I would say the same principle carries over to those camps as well. That, that I don't want to, you know, for my kids or for anybody else, normalize, you know, the, the the hookup culture or the adultery culture, right? Like, so it's not just this issue, though this is a highlighted one. I think we've got to be consistent across the board, but we certainly don't want to perpetuate a, a narrative that is just counter to uh, God's very design for humanity.
0: So on top of this issue, so your position on pronouns is we should not use them as Christians, correct? Right. Yeah, so what should we do about other Christians we see? We've talked about this a little bit with, kind of the two camps last episode, I'd encourage you to go back and listen. We we taught all it Pride Month. We talked through Christian and LGBTQ issues. But how should we as Christians interact with other Christians that we see using pronouns?
1: Yeah. I think one is trying to come at it with understanding their heart. Like if they really do believe in God's, you know, marriage ethic, God's sex ethic, uh, you know, how God created gender, there is male and female and that's it. Um, you know, if they believe that and they're doing that, I think we need to come at it with going, man, I, I get where your heart is. You know, I understand what you're trying to do. You really are trying to to love in every, every way. Um, at the same time, uh, my question would be like, how is this really helpful? Um, especially if you have relational equity with people. And I think this is what's hard. Again, you go back to social media, people are tagging it onto their social profiles, which actually doesn't help anything because it's not any relational equity. It's now you're tying it to your name or, or whatever. So it doesn't actually do what you want it to do. And I think that's part of the problem that we're in right now. And again, it, we're being flooded by these things. So people are like, oh, okay, I'll do that. And and they do it and it doesn't actually serve the purpose that maybe their heart really intends, which is like, man, I wanna love you well. And, and again, we go back to what we talked about before. Ultimately, the greatest display of love is saying, I don't agree with you, but I still love you anyway. They actually get to see the, the great links of and depths of that love when, when there's love in the midst of disagreement.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Because um, I do think there's, once again, two camps here. Like, there's a camp that would say we need to go out and call out other Christians that we see on social media, even if you don't know them. And um, I do think there's a healthy level of conversation that needs to be had between Christians on this issue. But once again, we should just hold to our convictions and remember kindness and gentleness, right?
1: Yeah. And I think, I think on this point, there's something else that I think is worth addressing is when it comes to love and and the desire of a lot of Christians and the way they kind of play this out is I think there is a little bit of a um, overreaction from Christians in the sense that they unintentionally are perpetuating something that, that they're just maybe not thinking through. So like one of the things that I've seen is uh, a lot of Christians that are um, recognizing pride month. And by recognizing, I don't mean like acknowledging that it's there, but like um, maybe celebrating to some degree like they're they're putting out if they are you know a startup or you know their their social media profiles they're like putting rainbows or they're putting their graphic as a rainbow or they're creating things through their company that are rainbows you know saying hey we see you we, we love you we're here for you um, and I think the problem with that is is again you are perpetuating something that is counter to what God's design is and we wouldn't do that for anybody else like to go back to you know the, the like adultery or right now one of the I say now it's been historically but um the, this whole you know uh, open marriages and and you know hooking up with whoever and, and all these kinds of things we don't like recognize that and go hey we we see you and we love you you know adultery community like I mean, we're we're there for you we want to recognize you like we we wouldn't do that you know um and so I think we have gotta be mindful that when we do things like that we're perpetuating and even celebrating and and unintentionally for some affirming What's actually taking place? There is a You can love somebody without having to jump into their band and say, hey, we're going to participate in this with you. Um, you can say, I love you, but I'm choosing to not participate in this. I'm choosing maybe not to recognize this. Um, I, I think Christians sometimes feel the need because, again, we talked about this. It's an overcorrection from the, the hate that happened in the past that was unhealthy to now there's this overcorrection to love on this other side. That, that ultimately actually ends up just kind of perpetuating a narrative and even affirming what's happening. This is where I think, you know, as the call of a Christian to, to stand in the gap and to stand up for our Christian values is not coming to people going, you know, repent or you're going to hell, you know, and running after them. I think it's standing firm saying, I'm not going to celebrate this because and I'm not going to I'm not going to acknowledge this to that degree. Um, because I believe this is counter to God's design. And so we talk about, you know, oftentimes it's talk about, you know, we got to stand up for the, you know, Christian values. I, I think part of that standing up for Christian values is not participating or perpetuating uh, Pride Month or things associated to to Pride Month.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, once again, how, how do you think through, I mentioned how we think through like private corporations with your kids. How would you think through with your kids and like the school system? Like if you're a public school parent, um, maybe not if you're a private school parent, I don't know these days, I have a friend who told me about their private school and they said that their kids, this is a private Catholic school and he kept his kids home because they had announced the next school day, they were going to have a, a rainbow flag raising, uh, uh, celebration at a private Catholic school. So how should parents approach this with their children? We don't often talk about this, but I think it's helpful since we brought it up earlier with corporations with schools.
1: Yeah, I think some of it depends on age and the maturity of your kid and where they are. Are they a Christian? Are they not a Christian? Where were they spiritually even as a Christian if they are? Um, I I think, you know, uh, a a big lean would be able to say, um, hey, I'm, uh, you know, and again, this is just kind of talking through personally is I I don't think there's anything wrong with saying I'm not going to I'm not going to go on this specific day to to again take a stand. You're not coming at it aggressively. You're not coming at it angrily uh, or with anger in your heart. You're not coming at it with malice. Um, you're not degrading them or devaluing them. You're saying, hey, I'm choosing not to put myself in position to where, again, I'm normalizing something that's not normal or where I'm forced to celebrate even in my presence, right? Like, you know, uh, I'm forced to kind of celebrate something that I totally don't agree with. And so um, I think it's actually helpful in those moments to say I'm choosing to uh, not go uh, because, again, this is what I think more of standing in your Christian values looks like, is saying, I'm choosing based off of my conscience and my convictions not to put myself in that environment. Again, this would be true across the board. Um, if there was other things that were inappropriate that were being uh, celebrated, and you're like, man, I'm not going to put myself in that environment. Um, we can't just isolate this incident, and, and I don't want the you know the uh, LGBTQ plus community to look at it and think, what's well, only for this issue? No, as Christians, we're called to stand up for our values across the board, and so anytime there's something that is counter to God's design or counter to how God calls us to live, we have to be mindful in in how we're navigating that. And even our presence at times can be seen as affirmation or okay with something that we're actually not okay with. And I do think as Christians, we've got to find ourselves, when we talk about standing for our core values in a place where we are not catering to the culture or catering to culture norms. And this is different than waging war on it and coming after them in a way that's you know aggressive and angry and unhelpful. This is simply saying based on what I do, what I choose to participate in, the places that I put myself. Um, I'm going to be mindful of those things because I am, and this is a very clear call in Scripture. We're not to allow culture to dictate how we behave or how we live, and so we do need to make sure that we're at a place where we're not allowing the cultural kind of norms to influence our personal spiritual norms, or our, you know, or our convictions. And I think that's a really important thing that we've got to be mindful of. Is you know, there is a call to 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 stand up for our, our values. I think it's how we do it, and for so long it's been done so. Uh, in a way that's so unhealthy i think the way that we can do this better is uh, some of the the challenges of the way people vocalize it is what's you know so hard and i think we've got to be mindful of uh, our presence and, and things like that that matter and then when people the question ask you know somebody at the school says hey we well, didn't see your kids it's like yeah you know i just didn't want to put my kids in, in that environment they're not ready for that they're not uh old enough for that or hey man i just i don't feel comfortable with that i don't want to normalize that i don't want to affirm that i don't want my kids presence you know affirming that uh, reality that you guys are, are celebrating because, um, again, um, I think it's out of line with with where we are. Also, I, I think the other challenge is this is such a highlighted issue. Like we don't do that with so many other things,
0: right? So practically, as we wrap up, what would you leave people with?
1: I think uh, being aware, um, being aware that, and, and Scripture is so clear about this is that count uh, the culture runs counter to um, the life of a Christian, and so um, the, the the way that the culture is flowing. Is going against the things of Christ, and so we've got to be aware of those things. And the reason why we're aware, again, and not so we can go and just wage war with hate and anger and bitterness in our hearts, but so that we can be mindful of how we need to navigate conversations, how we need to talk to our kids, how we need to talk with people at work when things come up, when questions come up, we can give the why behind the what. But if we're not alert and we're not aware, um, and, and Paul talks about this being alert, you know, and. Um, if we're not alert and we're not aware, what we'll do is all of a sudden we'll look up and find ourselves in a, in mainstream culture and uh, you know, in line with, unintentionally even, man, all these things that are happening um, within our society. And I think we've got to be really mindful of that. I would say the other thing is um, we've got to be in the Word. Uh, we've got to be people of the Word, and we've got to be part of, of a church that believes the Word and teaches the Word and a church that stands strong with their convictions. And we talked about this last week, but it is the call of the church internally to stand firm on these issues and be on the same page with what they believe about these things. And so the the Word of God, the people of God and the Spirit of God are are massive components to this thing. Um, the Spirit of God that helps navigate and, and lead you through your conscience, the Word of God that gives you, you know, concrete examples of what God calls us to and what he doesn't, and even how to navigate uh, dicey and muddy waters. Uh, and the people of God to encourage you in the midst of that, um to seek counsel with and wisdom as you have conversations. Uh, and then it, also the Word informs us on how to approach these issues from a standpoint of of love and and kindness, not bitterness, not rage. Um, not malice, not anger, none of those things, the word pushes against that. And so we do have to um, change the way that Christians historically have interacted with these things and be about it in in love. I'll share one story as we close. I think it's a really helpful example of this. Um, the, the, the church that I was at when I was a kid, um, they were, uh, the, 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 um, LGBTQ plus community at that point, it was just called like the, the gay pride or gay community. This is, you know, 20 years ago. And, um, they were protesting just Christianity in general. And I was at a really large church and they all gathered outside of the church and, and, and we knew they were coming and, and they were going to come and so they're everywhere and, 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 you know, just right outside the doors and, um, the the people there were like, I want to talk to the pastor here. I want to talk to the pastor here. And we I, want, I got some things I want to say to him. And one of the guys that was working there um, said to the folks standing there, they said, he's actually right there. He's the one that's been serving you coffee and donuts the entire morning. Mm-hmm. And um, it was one of those moments where you're just like, wow, like that's an example of what it looks like to love, what it looks like to serve Um, Not once was there any hatred or uh, condescending or anything. It was, hey, you're welcomed here. We we have a place for you. We want you to be in here because we believe we have the answers that you're ultimately looking for. And I think that, as Christians, has got to be our heartbeat, that as we speak out, we're standing our ground, but we're also speaking out because we really believe that we have the answer of hope that ultimately that community is longing for and looking for.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to close. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being willing to speak to these type of culturally relevant topics for our Christian listeners. And if you have any follow-up questions as a listener on this topic or any other topics about the practical day-to-day of the Christian life, please send us an email with that question, at imageatl.com. And if you're not already following, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever you're listening to right now. We look forward to talking to you all next week.